comedy mushroom cult podcast back up in this motherfucker I don't know that was awfully aggressive it's a Friday morning Friday? Friday Friday hey time guys time am I right? whoa whoa time it's already Friday uh it's been like a while since I recorded one of these, uh, since the, since the update episode, I think we'll be back, uh, to more normal, while I'm fixing my hair that nobody will see on this, uh, I had been stuck without, uh, a vehicle, so I would have to wake up, uh, this early, headache this big, pay all these damn bills, feed all these damn kids, and then uh, take Ashley to work at, like, the ball crack of morning, ass crack of morning, ass crack of dawn, ball sack of morning, whatever one I'm going for. And then <clears throat> it would never make sense to come back home, usually. Uh, so I'd just go to work, like, four hours early or two hours early and then do some writing, which is really good. I mean, it was good for my creativity, got my juices flowing, got everything going there. Um wrote some really good stuff. I'll probably keep that practice up. I mean, maybe not, like, that early, like, I don't know. But maybe I'll wake up earlier, go write for, like, an hour before work because I have to. Or, like, force myself into situations where I have to write more. That's just kind of where, like, some stuff comes from. Because, um, and we might get to it, but I've been, like, thinking about, uh, thinking about thinking a lot lately. Um, because Rick Rubin came out with a new book on creativity, and... It's one of those things where, like, I follow Rick Rubin every single day. Um, I retweet some of his stuff, like, his, and he even talks about how it's cool, how he, like, deletes it and then puts up a new one the next day. So, like, it's more about that day than the last day. Um, so it's more about, like, what he's feeling and whatever, um, which is cool because I like that idea of social media of just, like, deleting everything and then doing it for a day and then getting rid of it after that. But I also like the, uh, I like having a log of, uh, social media and it's something cool for me because I like it. Like I did, uh, per example, for example, uh, I was back in Cleveland last weekend and I like put up kind of like a shitty, like, Hey, thanks for coming out. Nobody, even though some people came out, like all my comic friends came out. Um, my old rugby coach came out, shout out Dusty, um, like, so that was super cool. It was very nice. Um, I tried to put the focus on that, but it was also like, you had a bunch of people saying they would love to come out and they want to come out. And like, even that day, they're like, we're for sure coming out. And then they just didn't show. And was there like a little bit of snow on the road? Sure. But I drove like eight hours in that same snow. So I don't know. Some of us maybe are hashtag built different. Um, but my thing with it is I posted like a bitter like on there like hey thanks for showing up to the one guy who actually showed up who said he was going to um and it was like a moment of weakness because you know I was in my feelings about it and instead of deleting it I keep it up there as like a reminder to myself of like where the where the posts are the posts on the posts like the goal posts the posts I set for my goals if you if you can if you can dig that um yeah, so, like, I like the idea of starting fresh every day on social media, but I also like it being, like, a an, 
like Facebook memories being like a graveyard of bad takes. Like I like seeing the cringeworthy stuff. Um, like when people get busted using the N word when they're 15 or something on their tweets. Like I like that being up there, because you can. I mean, some people can see like, oh, what a terrible person. Uh, what a bitter person. But like, I don't know. I change from day to day. Um, it's something that I've worked very, very hard on. Instead of like grasping to the past and like what could have happened and what should have happened, um, it's more of like a let's start every day new. Now there's certain things that carry over, um, obviously, like grief from things dying. Uh, rest in peace, Peach. Uh, or like, ups like upsetting situations, like the car accident. Um, lingered over me for like a month. Uh a month and a week at this point, but, um, overall, I like to take it day by day on, like, okay, now we're awake, uh, now we're popping, like, let's, what, what's today like? Does it always work? No. Uh, is it always great? No. Um, like, I woke up in Cleveland on that Sunday, the late show, uh, great shows, uh, all weekend, like, Chris Allen was there, um, he opened for Norman for a while. Um, he's very funny. I always, I mean, that's a credit of his, but like on his own, he's very, very funny. You shouldn't have to be like Chris Allen, opener for Mark Norman, but like that's kind of the game we're in. But he's hilarious. Um, just banger show on the Friday night show. Absolute, maybe the best show I've had uh, in a year or two. I would say the best show of the year, but it's January. So like that's not a very uh, tough marker to be, but that's kind of like, the level that we're going for this year, um, is that show consistently. Um, and I guess that's on me because like the next night there were like, it was like a smaller like event room. Um, I made the joke that it was like an AA meeting. Uh, Chris made the joke that it was like a banquet room for like somebody's 75th birthday. Like it was a smaller room. There was not a lot of people, but it was like fun. Everybody was on top of everybody. Um, so we got to like play around and it's like a nice intimate thing. But like the late show was just like right from the rip. Like nobody was just wanting to laugh. And I mean, there's a bunch of factors. It was like packed down there. It was hot. Um, there's other stuff going around behind the scenes, whatever. But, like, nobody wanted to laugh. And I just, like, ate shit for ten minutes. And then, just, like, it's just I'm bombing in the basement of a hot dog selling bar. Like, that's, I don't know. And then you wake up on your buddy's futon at 32 years old. And it's, like, a snowstorm starting in Cleveland. And it's gray and shitty. And you have to go do a podcast, which I had a good time doing the podcast. I'm not bitching about the podcast. But, like, just, like, all these things. And you're like, what the fuck is my life? So, like, sometimes those, like, overarching things happen. But then there's, like, that famous Bill Burr quote of, like, waking up on a futon in your 30s. Uh, chasing your dream is, like, much better than waking up in a king-size bed in your 30s next to somebody you don't love. Working a job you hate. Uh, just to keep up that facade, and it's just, like, one of those, like, you have to remember after 15 minutes, and it, it's tough, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it's rough to, like, wake up and have that shock of, like, what the fuck am I doing, uh, I said it on Marie Chirico's podcast, um, let me find the title of it, because I feel like we solved the world on the podcast, Every time I go on somebody else's podcast, I have, like, this bad habit of not being funny, but, like, actually trying to fix the world, or, like, this one's, like, a mental health-based one. Over My Head Comedy by Marie Chirico. It's very good. Um, 
at least my episode was good. I can't speak for the rest of them. Sorry, guys. Uh, I didn't listen to all of them. I know I listened to it in the past to like get the vibe of it, but it's been a while. Uh, but I've been on it, so you should listen to it regardless. Um, but the one with mine was really good. Um, but it's like... Like, you just, like, have that, and I, I, you have that Drake moment of, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, that's right, I'm doing me. And, like, you're happy, and you're good, and it's popping. Like, you get a little caffeine in your system. You're like, do you know what? We're going to take these lumps. If that's the worst that comes in this trip, like, we get paid money to talk in the basement of a hot dog bar. Can't be better than that. There's nothing better than that. That absolutely rules. Like, that's a real thing that I get to say. Like, I could put that on my headstone. Got paid money for words that he said in the basement of a bar that sells crazy hot dogs. Incredible. What a life. I forget what the beginning of this tangent was about. Um... That's been one of the cool things about this concussion recovery is I'm, like, mostly better. Uh, I feel the fog has worn off. Uh, this past weekend was a big uh, marker of that. Like, it was nice talking to people. And from time to time, it's still, like, a little still a little touch and go. Um, not enough to, like, be worried about it. I'm back reading. I started reading again yesterday. I started reading the Rick Rubin book. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. The starting over. But Rick Rubin, the creativity... Uh, a book telling you how to be creative. It's super cool how he does it. And it's talking about, it's one of those things where like, you're like, okay, maybe I'm on the right path with how I do this because a lot of his things and like, uh, feelings about the creative arts and all of that, um, are pretty similar to mine. And if Rick Rubin's thinking it, one of the most successful creatives of all time, uh, it can't be bad that I have like similar thoughts and similar feelings. Um, so that's cool. And it's not like one of those like uh, like confirmation bias things. I like learning new things and I like learning that I'm wrong. But it's like one of those big things that when you're like when he says something like, "Oh, I have to go like some dude who's like a millionaire has enough money to like do nothing ever again except for meditate and walk on the beach and do whatever he wants." Like he still has to sit and listen to like a lecture or a podcast to fall asleep just so his mind doesn't race. So like he can like get out of his own mind to fall asleep. Like that I do that every single night. And I'm sure like it's not I list, I have a fan going. Um I'm sure it's like not every but like I'm sure a lot of people do like night meditations or like some like wave machine, but it's just like one of those you see somebody who's like long hair, long beard all white in the, in the recording studio, so, like, there's no distractions, um, makes Anderson Cooper meditate with him before an interview on 60 Minutes, like, you see that guy, and you're like, oh, he must be, like, above you spiritually, but it's like, no, he, he watches wrestling at night to calm his brain down, and then he fucking listens to a podcast while he falls asleep, so you're like, okay, so, like, maybe I'm doing something right, uh, but no, so yeah, that's why I've been thinking about creativity. Um, been thinking a lot about mind stuff. I've been listening to Andrew Huberman, um, who's like a doctor of some sort. Like he's like a research doctor for like brains and stuff at like Stanford or one of those big universities. And like he was on uh, Two Bears One Cave talking to Tom Segura and like uh, Segura Segura and uh, there's like a 
battle to the death with these birds outside. Uh, but he's talking about like, and since that, since my concussion, this will wrap back into what I was complaining about. My concussion, I promise. Um, but he was talking about like hormones and uh, like how to get your cells to work better, um, like free and cheap things because. I mean, so many, like, supplements and all that shit are, like, expensive, so people can't afford it, and he, his big thing is, like, making all this education, like, free and available to people. So I've been listening to his podcast, and it's super cool. Little tips and tricks on how to keep your testosterone up, uh, because people in their 30s now are losing their testosterone, uh, but how to do it without, like, TRT and all that stuff. It's been super cool. And especially with my with my concussion, um like one of the big things is if the right part of your brain's hit uh your like hormones will be all out of whack because they won't release correctly um especially while they're still healing but afterwards because it's not working as well um so i've like been on some sort of like vitamin to like help keep it going um i've been trying to take like more vitamin D, um, trying to be in the sun more, trying to, like, get those, like, trying to do everything I can to keep, like, everything working correctly, uh, wink, wink, uh, but, like, big things, like, I mean, because, like, they've tied mental health to testosterone levels and stuff like that in men, uh, so I'm trying to keep it up so I don't get all bummed, but one of the big things of, uh, the, the, concussion that's been lingering around and I'm still on my meds and all of that but I can like feel like the the ADHD kind of kicking back in like it was real bad um obviously when my brain function wasn't up but it still pops in and out now so it's one of those things that's like kind of recovering from it I don't know if it's more of like uh the brain itself or if it is actually like my um habits lately since I've had to not, like, I've gotten out of my sort of flow, which is maybe why I'm, like, writing more and creating more and, like, things are a little more touch and go, so, like, that part of, like, survival brain is hitting again, and that's maybe what jogs my writing up, but for, like, my ADHD and getting shit done around the house and sending emails and setting up doctor's appointments, all that stuff, like, just everything being out of whack, um, that has like really gotten me out of that groove. Um, my exercise has fallen down a little bit, but that's, I mean, I was injured and my brain hurt and I wasn't allowed to do anything. I'm back to like doing it stronger again and like tougher again, which I'll have to do tonight. Um, cause I'm doing this instead of doing it before work, but like it's, uh, it's just like real scattery sometimes and it bounces back and forth. It's kind of nice. Uh, it feels nice to be home a little bit, uh, because, like, with the Wellbutrin, still works, so I'm not, like, depressed about it, <laughs> but, like, uh, the ADHD part of it being back, uh, is a little wonky, um, we'll get better, it'll be fine, um, but it's just one of those, like, lingering side effects of it, of, like, all right, we have to, like, focus on reading, we have to focus on this, we have to make sure, like, let's make a list again, we're there for a while, I wasn't having to, like, do the list thing, make sure I check all the boxes, all of that, so it's a little wonky, uh, but no, the biggest news, sorry, I keep drinking my coffee right into here, um, I woke up a little late, because I got back from a show last night, a little late, um, from Chicago, Illinois, ever heard of it it's kind of a big city um 
I find him becoming a little unrelatable to uh, big city folk. <laughs> Not that. But, like, people in there. People my age, millennials, kids. We're not kids. We're in our 30s and late 20s. I don't know where the, the, the I don't know where the mark off is. Nobody knows. Just millennials. If you're thinking of one, think if you're thinking of a millennial, you're probably right. But if you're older than me for some reason, by like 15 years, you're not a millennial, you're Gen X, who, like, really gets under the radar. They're, they're a lot of the problem in this country. Like, they did, like, some social change, but not really, like, enough. If you know what I mean? Like, they just wanted, like, their, like, their battles were just like, hey, we want to make sure that, like, women can wear shoulder pads at the office and not be made fun of. Like, they really love Hillary Clinton. Like, they just love her because she's a woman. They don't care that she's, like, a war hawk that, like, helped make, like, the crime bill. Same thing. Like, they love Joe Biden. If you're Gen X, you love Joe Biden. Does that make sense? Can we... We can mark that down. Like, you love old Democrats. You're like, who cares about... Like, we just don't... You know, like, you're super into Obama because he's a black dude. Like, not because of policy, not because of what he showed for the future, but, like, you like to check that box of, like, hey, we helped get a black president in. Look at how we're so different from the baby boomers. We're, like, edgy and hardcore. We liked skateboarding. We listened to R.E.M. The Pearl Jam actually sounds like good music to us. Like, those people. Like, they're terrible. Pearl Jam is ass, okay? Obama was cool. Uh, killed a lot of other brown people, so, like, shout out you for making a brown person president and making a whole group of people believe that they could be president and kill other brown people, but, like, let's calm down. You didn't really do much. Like, you wanted to, and that was, like, your whole, like, grungy, spiteful, like, we want to make change. Like, when, like, millennials and Gen Z have, like, teamed up of, like, everything sucks, let's dance about it. You know? Like, there's a different way of doing it. So shout out Gen X. But whatever, millennials. Anybody that you've seen uh, smile while telling you about their therapist and how about they, how they like were pricing out r- different kinds of ropes for hanging themselves. Anybody who's ever done that, they're probably a millennial. Because they're like joking about how their life has been terrible since like 10 because the world completely changed and the internet overtook it. And anybody who still looks like they have life in their body, like if you can look in their eyes and it looks like, like, oh, how are you still alive and smiling right now? That's probably Gen Z. That's that's what we're breaking down. Uh, but like performing in front of millennials about my age in like their apartment complex that's like way too expensive for them to afford on their own or to not get a job that their parents gave them or something like that. Um, which is fine. Like, God bless them. I wish I could. I wish I had rich parents. Uh, I have a rich grandpa that I'm still waiting to get access to his money to, uh, at some point in my life. Uh, so like maybe it's bitter, but like, 
I'll probably never get access to it. I'm acting like I'll never get access to it. But I like always like to point that out when I'm talking shit about uh, rich kids is that like at some point I could be a rich kid and uh, I would totally be uh, a hypocrite in that situation. But I'm not a hypocrite yet. Uh, it's the same reason why I'm still uh, technically obese and I talk shit about fat people I can get away with it now. Uh, but once I'm in shape and have money, I can't do it anymore. So like one of my favorite things will go away. Okay. Let me, let me throw stones at this point. Uh, but no, like they're living in like these, but they're taking themselves seriously now. Like they pay $3,000 a month for like a one bedroom apartment. And like, there's a rumpus room, ruckus, whatever you call it, rumpus room that I'm performing at. And like, they're like dance for me clown when like they're the same age as I am. I know their insecurities. I know what they're doing. Like you're not a really an adult. You're a child still too. Like maybe that was the same thing with like our, our boomer gen X parents, but like they hit it better. Like we all know that we're children. I think our children know that we're children. Like this is the first, like we're fixing generational trauma by being like, Hey guys, we have no fucking clue what we're doing. I know you don't know what you're doing just because your apartment is like shiny and fancy uh, and new right now, but like built super cheap, if we can say that. I'm not going to say what apartment building, but like, you know who you are and that's every apartment building. <laughs> like uh, my apartment building's super cheap and shitty, but like it doesn't even try. Like it's made out of bricks just so, because that would fall apart cheaper or fall apart slower. And like, so that's cheaper to them. But, like, this place was, like, made out, like, it had, like, cardboard walls, but, like, it was painted real cool and, like, had, like, real cool trendy art and shit. And, like, the sta- like there was a stage and there were, like, speakers and, and, like, things that, like, you wouldn't notice if you weren't constantly looking for shit like this. But, like, they had a stage set up and, like, all of the fucking mic stands were, like, super cheap mic stands. They looked nice, but, like, they were falling apart. Um, all of the speakers still had, like, the stickers on them from fucking... Uh, guitar center on it just so like you could see how nice they were like it was one of those like see how nice this is instead of like actually being nice it was one of those things so like those kind of people and it's like kind of a bummer that our generation's getting into that like now that we're starting to have expendable income but whatever it's the progression uh and that's where i'm kind of losing touch with them it's like it's kind of like getting into that fake world uh, that, like, the white picket fence, it doesn't matter what happens outside of my little bubble world, uh, when we were, like, super big into fighting for, like, change and, like, being different. Like, we were the embodiment of a Sum 41 song, but without being cool, like Sum 41. Like, without all, like, the heroin or whatever he was addicted to. So, like, pointing out, like, the obvious of, like, hey, this is a really nice apartment. Shout out you. Uh, for having this nice apartment, uh, but, like, I don't know, I live in a shitty one-bedroom apartment, I do something, like, I could do your job, you couldn't do my job, and you're making so much money, which is fine, and not even in a bitter way, like, whatever, I made my choices, I'm happy with them, um, my ceiling's much higher than their ceiling, my floor's much lower than their floor, uh, but it's just, like, a fun, interesting, uh, dichotomy to like see like maybe I'm losing touch with my own generation because they're like aging out of like being goofy about just like the simple things like they can't even laugh at like I was like all right who's paying your rent and like some people laughed and like this like you can tell that she's like she probably pays her own rent and I'm proud of you and shout out you if you somehow listen to this like I'm glad that you pay your own rent keep working sister keep slaying 
uh, every Beyonce song ever written was written for you, uh, even back to Destiny's Child, okay? You need a soldier, someone who's going to stand up next to you or for you, whatever, sitting alone at the comedy show in your own house, all right? How dare you talk to me? <laughs> but, like, no, she was like, I pay my, like, we pay our own rent. And I was like, obviously, you pay your own rent. Like, you write the checks, but, like, whose blood money are you using? And that got, like, a little bit of a bigger pop because it, like, pointed it out. But, I mean, that chick still didn't like me because she probably works really, really hard and good for you. But, like, most of the people in there. uh, And she was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, like, most of the people in there kind of got the joke, kind of got it. uh, And so it's, like, one of those fun things. Also, quick aside before I get to, like, the real point of the podcast of what I'm very excited about. There's a guy who uh, was taking his Tinder date, I'm assuming, uh, because they were talking, like, they were doing, like, first date talk uh, to each other, and they were just, like, talking about going to this comedy show, and then while, while, while the show's going on, somebody asked about dating apps and like the chick who's with the guy was like yeah i'm on the dating apps so like i think he was taking his tinder date to a comedy show in his apartment building the recording didn't cut out i just wanted that to sit uh for a minute so that's either like next level cheap or next level genius on what i'm like imagine if she has such a good and there was like free pizza free beer a uh, free comedy show. So he got like a whole thing for free. I mean, he's paying for it in rent. But like, and then like, imagine it goes super well. Or like, you're having a good time. Hey, we're already back by my place. You want to have another drink at my place? Boom. Genius. Or super cheap. Which is also genius because it could have been a first date, Tinder date. I'm not spending a single do- Like, maybe he bought the Uber for her to come over. Like, I'll spend the $30 or whatever it is. I hope he tipped the driver. So, like, $25 from wherever, whatever part of Chicago she's in. Or I'll pay your bus fare. Like, here, take the bus. But, like, he, like, brings a chick back to his place for pizza, beer, wine, uh, and a comedy show. And then he can just be like, yo, while we're here, genius, on a Thursday, so do you know what? I was going to shit on you for being cheap, but you're a genius. God bless you, sir. Uh, you are the best of us, and I hope more people uh, do that. Actually, that's not a terrible idea. Maybe I just came up with an idea. I'm not going to say it out loud, but like whatever. Um, but no, the biggest news, uh, I am no longer without car. Uh, I have a vehicle of my own again. Um, so I am mobile. And no longer, it's because it's like, it, nobody was telling me I couldn't go out and do things, but it's really weird putting miles on your girlfriend's car, using up her gas, uh, leaving her at home uh, with nothing to do because she has no car. It's also expensive to Uber everywhere when you live in the suburbs. Um, so it's just like, you, it's just like a trapped moment, right? And I like had to use a rental car to go to Cleveland, which like I don't usually make money on like my trips back to Cleveland, but usually they like pay for themselves. Um, so then like it makes it worth it. Like I get to go home, get to hang out, and it doesn't really cost me any money. And all I have to do is like a couple of shows, where um, this time it legit cost me money because I had to rent a car to go out there and back. Um, 
and I made like most of the money back, whatever, I'm not complaining about it, but now I'll have a car, um, and I can drive as much as I want, wherever I want, whenever I want, because I'm a grown-ass man, and I could do things like that, and I'm very excited, um, it's not like the newest car, it's not like the nicest car, but like the gas mileage is better than the car I had, um, it's got more room than the car I had, so I can put my shit in it, um, and it's nice enough for me, you know, it's got, like, everything that I need, uh, like I said, the gas mile's good, it's got a remote start that was on it, you know, all these things are great, um, so, I don't know, if you book a show on here, fucking book me, because I can drive there now, uh, and I have my own car, and I'm not worried about miles, because it's a buy, it's a purchase, not a lease, uh, which saved me last time, actually. I made a, I accidentally made a great financial decision. This is the victory lap I wanted to take. And this is news that you need to have. If you lease a Hyundai, you automatically get, get gap insurance. So I rolled $5,000 of negative equity into my Hyundai lease. Usually, you have to buy gap coverage. So, like, let's say the car is worth $20,000 and you have $25,000 in the loan. You total the car, they give you $20,000. You owe that $5,000 to the bank still. That makes sense because that's the gap. That's the difference. What gap will do will cover that difference. Usually, it's up to 125%. So, usually, I would have to owe something on it. But when I rolled my negative equity, I rolled $5,000 into like a $20,000 car. So let's say I owed, like, here's the round numbers on it. Like I owed like $21,700. They gave me $20 for the car. That's $1,700. I thought I was going to have to pay Hyundai. But because I accidentally made a good decision by leasing a Hyundai, that $1,700 just goes away. Hyundai has to deal with it. So I don't know. If you have a bunch of negative equity, uh, put it in that car, and then, I don't know, set it on fire. Leave it somewhere where, like, the Kia boys can steal it. And then make sure that they run it into a telephone pole and total it. I mean, never, ever commit insurance fraud. Wink, wink. I guess. But, like, that's a possibility. Alright? Can we all agree that that's a good idea? I mean, it's probably not a good idea. Let's, let's calm down on calling it a good idea. Um, but it's an idea. And that's something I didn't know. Um, so I should pass that along. But no, I have my own car. Um, so I'm excited. Put me on your dumb shows. I uh, want to be on them. I want to go to them. I want to get paid to do them. Uh, and I'm really funny. Except for like the millennial thing that I said. Just don't have me do a comedy show in rich millennials. Uh rumpus room in their giant apartment building and i think we'll be fine it was fine like i hosted it and like i went through it got a couple of laughs it, it, it wasn't my job to be like super funny and change the world on that one it was to set the scene and keep the show going but i would have liked to have been funnier uh but no like uh book me on it i've got a bunch of cool shit coming up uh who is ray roberts.com at who is ray roberts on everything uh the song for today, I had to, like, I couldn't get on title. I uh, had to dig through YouTube uh, because I got a new car. Um, there's, like, the Mano line of uh, New Benz is all white, call it John McCain. Uh, my Hyundai is all white, uh, so I'm going to call it John McCain uh, because, I don't know, me and Mano have a lot in common. Uh, I would love to be a one-hit wonder. I'm sure you had another one, but, like, that song was such a banger. Um 
So I could have done that song. I think we've done it on here. That's one of my hype up songs before a show. So I'm not going to do that uh, at the end. Um, there was a song I couldn't remember by, um, like I could do Come On Baby Drive My Car by The Beatles. Um, I could do the car song uh, from, like, uh, that Queen made. Uh, but there's a band called The Cars, so obviously we're going to have to do uh, The Cars. But there's a better version of one of their most famous songs uh, by the Punch Brothers. So uh, this is the Punch Brothers performing uh, a Cars song called Just What I Needed, uh, and it's one of my faves. Uh, so share this, like it, whatever. Um, I'm doing a push on my TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on everything. Who is Ray Roberts? Um, now enjoy uh, a folksy version of the cars. Come on. 